While the balanced schedule for Major League Baseball will help bring a lot of stars to Atlanta, I'm not sure that it makes the Braves' schedule any less difficult. We'll talk about just how hard the Braves' schedule will be in 2023 with the new balanced schedule. We'll also cover Monday's games where the bats were hot and the pitchers were just as hot. We'll discuss all of that on today's edition of a Locked on Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked on Braves. Your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my website, shortstopball.com, where you can see some of my written work and other materials as well. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Try to make this podcast as interactive as possible with you, the listener. So always willing to hear some of your ideas and suggestions on ways that we can do that. If you're new, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Trying to get to 5,000 uh, subscribers by opening day. We're at about 4,300 right now. If you're watching this video, do me a favor. Please hit that thumbs up button as it does help support the show a ton whenever you do that. And as always, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and we're free and available on all platforms on today's episode we're going to talk about the new balance schedule that major league baseball is implementing this year and going forward talk about some of the biggest games the most crucial games that you do not want to miss especially some really good home games at truest park then we'll talk about just how difficult the schedule gets month to month throughout the season then we got some news as well to get into and then also want to break down a monday's game and grapefruit league action but Let's start with the balanced schedule. And Major League Baseball decided this year that they wanted to balance the schedule a little bit more, which I think is great, especially with the additional playoff positions that you have now, these wild card spots. It only makes sense that every team play a somewhat even schedule just to make things more fair. So I think it's a great move by Major League Baseball. I think if we do eventually see some expansion. I think we see the balanced schedules become even more balanced, um, but I think this is a great step in that direction. The Braves and all teams will now play each other at least once every year, which as a fan of the game, I think you have to enjoy because you're going to be able to see a lot of the big name players that maybe you might not see a lot, especially players in the other league. Now, some of the big changes, you'll now play 52 games in your division compared to 76. So if you are one of those fans who really get geared up for those divisional games, and I get it, I was one of those fans too. I still am. Those aren't going away. But now there's fewer of those games. And also, if you were a fan who didn't like interleague play, well, then I'm sorry, but there's going to be even more of that. You're going to play uh, 46 games against teams in the American League compared to to 20. Now, just me personally, I was never a huge fan of interleague play as a kid growing up, but now with the universal DH gone, there's really no reason not to at this point. So I'm all for it. And it's not fair for fans. And I'm used this example all the time, fans in Atlanta who have seen Trout 
once in his entire career, and now he's getting into his 30s. And I think maybe he's played in Atlanta once. I'm not even sure if he has. I know when he came last year, he was injured. That just that doesn't need to happen. You want to grow the game. You want to make sure that fans are able to see big time stars come to their seat to their stadium at least every other year. And so I think that's going to be great for fans for Major League Baseball to be able to see these star players from other leagues come into their town more often. So I do think that's going to be a big factor for the fans going into the season. Now, as far as games that you cannot miss in 2023, obviously you cannot miss some crucial division games. Like I said, there's going to be fewer of them now. So when the Braves play the Mets, when the Braves play the Phillies, these have to be must-watch games for you as Braves fans. And just looking at the Mets, it starts early. There's a four-game set in New York, April 28th through May the first that you do not want to miss. So mark your calendars for that. And then they have three games. Their first time coming to Truist Park will be June 6th through June 8th. So you want to try to check that out as well if you can. Three more games in New York, August 11th through August 13th. And then the series season series is over after August 21st through 23rd, three-game series at home. So I like that the Braves get the final series against the Mets this year at home. But after August, Braves don't play the Mets again, and I'm not sure that I love that. I, I like that end-of-season feel that you have with the division games like we had last year when the Braves had that three-game set at home against the Mets. So sometimes that's not going to work out. As far as the Phillies, Braves get the four-game series at home against them May 25th through 28th, then three in Philly June 20th through 22nd, three at Philly September 12th through 14th, and then again, they – Final series with them is also at home, which is nice, September 18th through 20th. So there are a lot of games for Philadelphia in September. So if it comes down to those two, that will surely be entertaining baseball in the month of September. Now, teams and players coming to Truist Park this year that I think you got to try to get out to the ballpark to see if you can. First of all, the Padres are coming to town just at the beginning of the season, April 6th through 9th. They got Soto, Machado, Bogarts, you Darvish. They will not have Fernando Tatis Jr. The Braves somewhat luck out in the fact that they play the Padres twice early in the year, and it's before Tatis comes off his suspension. Astros, World Series champs, coming to town April 21st through 23rd. So last two World Series champions face off again. That was a fun series last year when the Astros came to Truist Park, and I think that's when the Braves were playing some of their best baseball and won that series. This is going to be a sneaky one for, for a lot of people. Orioles coming to town May 5th through 7th. It's a fun young team. I think Adley Rushman is going to quickly become a superstar in this game. Gunnar Henderson is the top prospect in all of baseball. He's looking to start the season uh, with the Orioles as well. So I think that would be a fun young team to watch if you want to come do that at Truist Park May 5th through 7th. The Mariners, May 19th through 21st. This was one of my favorite series of the year last season, even though the Braves lost it. Those, those games were so much fun to watch. It was a good atmosphere there in Seattle. I think the Braves fans obviously will bring a great atmosphere in Atlanta. And you got J-Rod versus Acuna. I think that's going to be a very fun battle between two young superstars. So, again, I think that would be a great series to watch in Atlanta if you can. Dodgers coming May 22nd through 24th. Honestly, this has lost a little bit of luster for me uh, for whatever reason. Maybe it's because the Braves got over, over the hump and beat them 
We've already kind of been through the Freddie Freeman thing, but I'm sure it'll still be a big series that fans want to go out and watch and Freddie Freeman, you know, coming to town with possibly Jason Hayward, which could add a little bit more intrigue to it as well. And then the Angels, they come back two years in a row after not having them at home for a while, August 14th through 16th, or I'm sorry, July 31st through August 2nd. It's Trout, it's Otani. You get an opportunity to go see them wherever you live. Um, please make sure that you go do that if you can. Hopefully, they'll still be in contention at that point, too. Really want to see the Angels get in the postseason. Yankees come August 14th through 16th. Aaron Judge, it's the Yankees. It'll be a big series. And then we don't get to see Dansby Swanson at Truist Park make his return to Truist Park until September 26th through 28th, the second to last series of the year. But you know, still, even at that point, it's going to be a big one with Dansby returning just like it was with Freddie last year. We probably see a little bit less waterworks than we did a year ago, but that'll still be a big game to go out and see if you can. Now, looking at some of the Twitter responses that we have here, um, a lot of you really excited to see Seattle. I had a lot of um, people talk about Seattle. Um, Ferguson says playing at Seattle against, or against Seattle with a young, exciting team as well, clinching the division title uh, when Dansby's Cubs are in town, second to last series of the season. Jordan Griffey, Griffey right there with me on that one. Philip Powell, uh, the Padres, that'll be the first big series. I was concerned about the Braves, but after only just three spring training games, Philip is feeling much better about them, and he'll be there at that April 8th game against the Padres and Braves. Dan says literally any Met series, and I certainly understand that. Those are going to be very important series coming up this year anthony andrews i like the prediction here final series acuna getting his 40th homer to complete 40 40 riley and olsen go back to back both hitting their 50th homers and a walk-off hit by rookie of the year von grissom now von grissom doesn't qualify for rookie of the year but what an ending that would be to the season love that from anthony andrews and then coach gordon bombay says mid-may series against the texas rangers mainly because i get to go to that games and that's Again, what is so great, what I've been talking about here is there are now fans of the Braves who are going to get to see you know, their team come. Maybe you, you live near an AL stadium and you don't get to see the Braves come as often. Now you're going to have more opportunities to do that. So I think that's certainly great for fans to see. And while the new schedule presents a lot of great opportunities for Braves fans to see some of those big stars in the game more regularly, does it actually make the Braves pass to the postseason easier? in 2023 and beyond. I'll answer that here next. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you gotta try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. Hopefully you still have your New Year's resolution going. And if your resolution was to eat healthier, then Built Bars can certainly help you do that. Not only are they delicious, but they're great for you as well. They're covered in 100% real chocolate with delicious flavors like peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, which are my two favorite. And the macros on these, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to go get a box. You can still order them online at built.com if you'd like to. But if you're really hankering for some, you can go out to Walmart right now and get yourself a four-bar box. Or you can go out to Sam's and get you a bulk box of 13 that might last you a couple of days. However you want to get your built Bars, go out and get yourself a box today. Yesterday, we talked about Dylan Dodd's performance over the weekend, how impressive it was, and how I believe he could be the best candidate for 
the Braves to win Rookie of the Year in 2023. Tomorrow, we'll be going over the predicted win totals for the Atlanta Braves in 2023, and I'll give you my predictions as well. So make sure that you are subscribed to Locked On Braves, where you can listen to all of these podcasts free everywhere that you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Getting back into the schedule, I want to look at the hardest and easiest months for the Atlanta Braves this coming up season. And I'm going to break it down by contenders and non-tenders. And I put contenders as any team that Fangrass projects to have a winning record. And non-contenders, obviously, any team that is below predicted to be below 500. So right out of the gate, pretty even schedule in March and April. 16 games against contenders, 13 games against non-contenders. In May, though, it's a much more difficult schedule. 19 versus contenders versus 9 versus non-contenders. In June, it flips around. Only 9 games against contenders, 17 against non-contenders. July, it's 15 and 8. In August, it's 18 and 10. So a couple of hard months there in July and August. But Braves end with a little bit more of a cushiony schedule. 12 contenders in September and October. There's only one game in October, and it's against the Nationals. But 16 games against non-contenders in September, October. So, again, it's kind of, you know, even, hard, easy, hard, easy, you know, even, even, and then a, an easy ending to the schedule for the Atlanta Braves with this balanced schedule and the way things are going to shake out. And obviously, not all these teams will be contenders come the end of the season, but I do think, you know, as always, there's going to be ebbs and flows in every Major League Baseball season. The Blue Jays are certainly one of those contending teams in 2023, but they didn't send that contending team to Cool Today Park on Monday, and the Braves' offense took full advantage, as did the pitchers with Max Freed and Spencer Strider on the mound. Freed looked great. He got out of a second and third jam, one-out jam in the first inning, struck out a batter, uh, ended up striking out four batters in two innings, one on a changeup, uh, which I thought was interesting. And I'm listening to all this on radio, so all this is either coming from the broadcast or from the writers who were there who were lucky enough to be in attendance. Uh, but one strikeout for Max Freed on the changeup, at least, that the announcer said, you know, a pitch that he really didn't start throwing a lot till last year. I believe he threw it about 12% of the time last season. So, I, you know, another pitch that he could just throw in his arsenal to continue to keep hitters off balance. And then Strider came on. Again, I'm listening on radio. It just seemed like Strider struggled with command a little bit. He was consistently falling behind hitters, understandably, this early in spring training. But I at least did want to mention it as Again, this is spring training. I'm overanalyzing every little thing because it's all we have right now. But it just seemed like Strider was a little bit off. Didn't give up anything. Um, but, again, just something to monitor going through. He did walk one batter, batter but was otherwise clean in his two innings with a strikeout. And uh, I love some of the chokes on Twitter where the Blue Jays woke up today and they saw that the Braves were throwing out Max Freed, Spencer Strider, and Rysel Iglesias in, the, in one game. Uh, that can't be a very fair for these hitters early in spring training. Speaking of Iglesias, he had a Dylan Dodd-type inning, as I would call it, a very quick inning in his one stint on Monday. He got a pair of punch-outs as well, so great to see for the Braves' closer. Newcomer Lucas Lipke gave up a pair of hits, one to a lefty, one to a righty. I think that's key when you're looking at a guy like Lipke who is going to be in there primarily against lefties, seeing um, what type of or what he can do against those uh, lefties. 
Uh, he did give up a, a really uh, hard hit to a lefty. The one hit he gave up to a righty was a soft ground ball. Again, all through radio, nothing really to look to there. He has a track record. He's going to be on the roster, I believe. But just something that I look for when these specialist-type relievers come in during spring training, are they actually facing lefties? And Lick, he got to face three lefties in this. It doesn't always line up like that. The Braves offense just unleashed on Monday. Seven hits and 13 runs. A lot of that damage coming from the starters. Acuna was one for two with a walk. Matt Olson was four for four to start spring training. And then he struck out in his final at bat. That ended his worst uh, consecutive hits that he had. Um, thought he might go the entire year without getting making it out, but is not to be the case. Maybe he'll start that again in the regular season and go a little further. Grissom and Riley were the only starters that did not have a hit in Monday's game. So everybody up and down, hitting the ball hard. Again, listening on radio, but you can hear the broadcasters. You can hear, hear the sound of the bat. They were squaring up a lot of baseballs on Monday. That's great to see, especially after the offense was a little sluggish on Sunday. Granted, it was not the A squad out there. And then Grissom defensively, look, Yes, I am going to mention every defensive play involving Von Grissom this spring training because I think it's that important of a story. And I'm just a geek when it comes to defense. I mean, you can see behind me, if you're watching on YouTube, my two favorite players are Ozzie Smith and Angleton Simmons. I love defense and I love talking about defense. And this is an opportunity to really, you know, dive in, in on the defensive player. He only had one ground ball hit to him again, two games now. And he's only had two ground balls. The guy needs more live reps. It sounded like it was a bit of a slow roller that he charged and made a good play on. Again, according to the broadcasters, I wish more than anything I could see a replay of it. He turned a double play later in the game as well on a ground ball hit to Orlando Arcia, who it sounded like he made a couple of really good plays at second base. Grissom also, you know, caught a pop up again. I'm going to be talking about all the defensive plays that Grissom makes, but not much I can overanalyze on this one as we don't have any video of it. Going back to some news from Monday, I wanted to, uh, I failed to mention yesterday about Ozzy Albies. He had a shoulder cleanup this offseason, uh, so that's why he's only DHing right now. I think he's going to do that for the first week or so in spring training, and then we'll see him in the field. Not expected to be a big deal. Following up on the uh, Danny Santana news from yesterday, we talked about that he was picked up by the Twins. A little bit more information on this coming from Justin Toscana of the AJC. He said it felt like um, the Braves, he wasn't going to have a shot to make the opening day roster with the Braves. And since he's out of options, they decided to just let go ahead and DFA him to give him an opportunity with another team. You know, nice of them to do that selfishly. I wish they would have let him stick around in case some injuries pop up because, again, I think there is some upside there with him. But, you know, I've heard some people say, why didn't they just slap him on the 40 man roster? Well, you know, they can do that, but he's out of minor league options. So he doesn't break camp on the roster, then you still would have to designate him for assignment. So they just went ahead and did that now. I guess they felt comfortable with all the guys that they already have, which, understandably, so that bullpen is very deep. Uh, but just a little bit more ex explanation on why they DFA'd Santana. Chipper Jones was back in camp. He mentioned that Michael Harris looks like a left-handed version of Ronald Acuna Jr., which is great to hear. We talked about Freed and Strider. They pitched on Monday, and Mark Bowman of MLB.com said that that lines them up to pitch games one and two respectively in 
uh, as far as the regular season. So not much of a surprise there. Figured Max Reed would be the opening day starter. Spencer Strider getting game two. So no big surprises there. Ian Anderson will start on Tuesday, and it's going to be a big start, as all of them will be for Ian Anderson in spring training. And it'll be a road game, which, if you know, you pay attention in spring training. When you're on the road, you're usually take, uh, facing a team's A lineup. When you're at home, you're usually facing a team's B lineup or even C lineup. So this will be a good test for Ian Anderson as he'll likely be going up against the Twins A squad on Tuesday. So big start for him. All right, looking at uh, some of the comments sections real quickly before we wrap things up here today. I do appreciate you, as always, those who are able to join live. Uh, Samuel Riley says, do you think we stick with Acuna Olsen Riley in the one, two, three spots? So, yeah, Snicker's been running out this order here, and I don't think it's a bad one at all, but he's been running out Acuna Olsen and Riley. I prefer Michael Harris in the two spot just to give you some speed at the top of the order and give Olsen more RBI opportunities. The Braves started Matt Olsen in the two-hole last year and just wasn't a great fit there it didn't seem like so look i don't hate it but i and i understand it too probably not wanting to put a lot of pressure on michael harris in his sophomore season but i feel like if michael harris comes back and he is the player that he was last year i think he ultimately needs to be in the two hole and then if you're ever going to move ronnie out of there i think michael harris should even be in the leadoff spot but i think it's fine i don't think it's a, a big deal that's not how i would draw it up but Again, not a huge deal. Uh, Chris Fields says, what's up, Jake? Thanks for the content. You're welcome. Uh, JL says, Braves will win the World Series this year. Well, uh, that is a great prediction right there that I hope comes true. Um, JL says, I don't like the Ghost Runner. That needs to go. Again, I've talked about this on here. I don't mind it in the regular season. I wish they'd push it back to the 12th inning, and I'm glad they're not doing it in the postseason. One thing I want to mention that we haven't really talked about rule changes. I was listening to the game on radio, obviously, and only listened up through about the seventh inning. I don't know that I ever heard the announcers once mention a pitch clock issue or somebody with a pitch clock violation. Maybe I missed it, but again, I think players will just get more and more acclimated to these rules, and it'll get better and better as spring training goes on. And hopefully by regular season, it's really not even something we have to worry about anymore. Um, Samuel Riley, I like it because I'm from Texas and I get to see them play Texas this year and Astros next year. Yeah, it's great with this new schedule. Again, you live in an AL town. Yeah, you don't get an opportunity to see the Braves a lot. Now you're going to. So I think that's going to be great. JL says, I like how we did the Mets last season at the end. That certainly was great. Again, won't get that opportunity this year. We're done with the Mets in August, but got a couple series with the Phillies in September. Marianne Smith, I think Dylan was very good, and I'm looking forward to seeing Dansby when he comes to town. And also Freddie coming back as well. Looking forward to those games in 2023. Jane says, did we have an easy ending to the season in 21? I don't remember going back to 2021 exactly. Last year, you know, like I said, had that Mets series at the end of the year that I know everybody was kind of pointing to and then finished with the Marlins and had to, you know, really scrap to get one game in that series to clinch the division. I don't think it was a very difficult schedule to end the season last year, but I don't remember all the way back to 2021. My memory is not that great, Um, but Again, this year it should be, you know, should be a pretty decent end to the season for the Atlanta Braves. Something not too terribly difficult. It looks like the Braves in 2021 ended things against um, 
against the the Mets as well. So, um, you know, not exactly the easiest ending to that season as well. They had the Phillies and the Mets back to back, the Padres before that, uh, but then they had the Diamondbacks as well. So, again, you know, there's a lot of ebb and flow to these these months and these seasons and the schedules throughout. Uh, but you just got to play through it. And the Braves, you know, they're a better team than a lot of these teams, even contending teams. But you got to win these games. Jane also asked, do you think an easy ending helps the Braves go into the playoffs? Remember, last year wasn't so easy. And I think that's a good point. Uh, I mentioned several times, you know, this is an excuse. It's exactly what it is. But it just seemed like the Braves were exhausted after that Mets series. Like I just said, they had to, to scrap and claw to get one win against the Marlins to clinch the division. It just seemed like they had run out of gas for whatever reason. I don't think it necessarily had so much to do with the schedule as it did the fact that they fell so far behind. They had to you know, work so hard just to get back even with the Mets and then to take the lead in that last home series. Docs fan, Braves need their own network so we can watch more spring training games. I certainly agree there. I mean, this is 2023. I don't know why we can't televise more spring training games. I mean, you have... SEC Network Plus, ACC Network Extra that can pretty much televise any college baseball game. And you're telling me we can't get some cameras out there to shoot every spring training game? I'm right there with you, Dogs fan. I think it's time that we, you know, even if it's not on the big TV network, whatever that's going to be after Valley goes bankrupt, let's see all these spring training games, or at least the most of them. I agree. Um, Austin Reed, um, Said innings seven through nine to lay off of the pitch clock. Not sure if y'all have discussed this before, but may way more strategy needs to go on towards the end of the game. As someone else mentioned this to me on Twitter, and I understand that for me, though, a baseball game can be decided in the first four innings a lot of times, especially in the first five or six innings. I just think umpires need to have a better feel for the game, and I think they will. And I've said this. Uh, what happened in the first Braves spring training game, I think if that's a regular season game that counts, the umpire gives a little bit more liberty there. I would hope so anyway. I hope they use a little bit more discretion, but I get it. Late game, you know, postseason, there's got to be a little bit more leeway, and I think there will be. I certainly think that should be the case. But just limiting to the seventh and through ninth innings, there may be a big moment in the fourth inning. Uh, again, it's just the umpires need to have a little bit more discretion and hopefully major league baseball will give them you know that note to say you know hey it's a big moment a little bit more leeway on the pitch clock um card hobbyists i think albies will benefit more from a contact focus versus a power focus i thought he was viewed as having a great hit tool as a prospect but i think he loses that when he tries to boom everything Uh, i've tried to make suggestions for ozzy albies in the past the guy gets it done. However, he gets it done. I'm not, I'm done trying to change him. I would love to see him get on base more and, and maybe tone down some of the aggressiveness when he's in those slumps. But I mean, the guy can hit 30 home runs. You want to take that away from him. Um, so I just think he is what he is, but my thing is if he's going to be that power hitter instead of a, a high hit tool, as you say, and a high on base guy, then bat him in six, seventh in the order. And that's exactly what we've seen in spring training. And I hope that continues to be the case. Um, Turbo Ginsu also doesn't like the ghost runner rule. And I'm glad they're not using it in postseason. Phil says, do you think Eli White had the chance to make the opening day roster? I do now, um, especially with Jordan Luplo being slow into spring training. I originally have Jordan Luplo making the roster as that right-handed bat. But, you know, if he is banged up going into spring training and Eli White has an opportunity here. And I've been impressed in the short 
sample size that we have on him so far. So yeah, I think Eli White has a good chance. You know, somebody who's you know viewed very highly defensively, a good runner. So I think he certainly has an opportunity to make the roster. Austin Reed, coolest series of the year at home versus the Mets when we swept, caught a Swanson foul ball too. Coolest atmosphere in all of baseball when the relievers come in. Uh, can't beat it when the vision is tight. It was certainly one of the most exciting in regular season series I think I've seen in a long time. I wish I could have been there. That's pretty cool. You got a foul ball from Dansby. Ethan Dial says, I would love Grissom to end up being an Ichiro prime ender type guy. We have plenty of guys that hit tanks. Give me a speedy slap hitter who gets a ton of singles at the bottom of the lineup. If he can do that, his on-base ability, like he's always been a, a good on-base guy at the minor league level. If he hits 280, 330, 340 on base at the bottom of the lineup with double-digit home runs, that's all the Braves need from him to do, need him to do. Uh, whether or not he does that right away in 2023 while also trying to get a handle on things defensively at a very a position that's very difficult to play. Somebody on Twitter called me out for saying that shortstop's so easy. I should go do it. That's not what I'm saying at all. Shortstop is one of the more difficult positions to play. And that's why I'm my intensity and focus on it is so high because I think you do need a really solid defensive player at shortstop. And those aren't easy to come by dogs fan and just for spring training games, but all games Liberty media has the money to have their own network. Um, again, I'm right there with you, Dogs fan. I, I want to see every spring training game on TV at this point in 2023. Stick a camera out there. I don't even care if there's uh, announcers, broadcasters, whatever. Just stick some cameras out there and let me see these games. Joe Me says, I live in Louisville. I'm looking forward with the rule change changes to travel to Detroit, Cleveland, Kansas City, etc. Lots of road trips for me with the new schedule. Yeah, that is that's great. I love that for Braves fans across the country who – don't get to see their team come to their parks and parks around them very often. This balanced schedule now is going to fix that and give fans an opportunity to go see some of these games. So I think that is certainly a huge benefit of this new schedule. And that's a great way to wrap up this episode. A really fun episode. Thank you as always for listening, for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of the day. Make sure you go make your next listen to Lockdown Sports Today podcast where they're talking about the biggest stories of the day with instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at ShortstopBall. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 